0: All right. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Joshua chapter twenty-four. Joshua twenty-four, and I'm going to begin uh, reading in verse thirty-one. Joshua twenty-four and thirty-one. And this was uh, the end of the book. Right after you know Joshua died, they had started conquering uh, Canaan, the Promised Land, uh, and and as the whole book's wrapping up, and and twenty-four thirty-one says this: the people of Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua. And of the elders who outlived him. Listen to this. Those who had personally experienced all that the Lord had done. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for our time in your word. Lord, we ask that you would speak to us tonight. Lord, speak to me and through me. Help me, Lord God, as I... uh preach your word. Lord, I cannot do this on my own, nor do I want to. I need your help. Lord, we need your help to not only receive this word, but especially to apply it to our lives. Lord, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would have your way. Lord, we bind up every distraction. We bind up, Lord, God, every every plan of the enemy. We cancel every plan of the evil one against this service, and we take authority tonight in the name of Jesus and just pray that you would continue to have your way. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. You know, we have all heard about things in life, like we've all heard of maybe things that were like uh, really amazing, really cool, uh, just something that maybe we've we've wanted to be a part of. And you heard about it like, man, that's amazing. But you didn't really get the full understanding of it until you've experienced it yourself. Right. And you've ever had that, you know, where you've heard about something as a hunter, you know, I, I, y'all, all y'all, most of y'all know that I'm, I love to hunt and, and whatnot. And so I was thinking about this, like for years, when I started getting back into hunting, one of the hunts that I went on was a dove hunt, like in Maurice. And we went on a couple of dove hunts and, you know, wasn't too successful. We shot a few birds here and there. And as I started watching these hunting shows and hearing stories from my buddies, I always heard about South Texas dove hunting. That in South Texas, you know, The doves are like mosquitoes down there, you know, when they're on, they're on. And and so I always heard people say, man, how crazy, how many boxes of shells they would shoot, how their shoulders would be sore. And I always thought, man, I bet you that's amazing. Well, a few years ago, I got invited to go on a South Texas dove hunt. I actually got to go two years in a row. And I tell you what, it sounded amazing. But when I experienced it myself and really some of those evenings where we were hunting and, and literally the only way I can describe it is there were so many doves in the field It was like, almost like a swarm of, a huge swarm of bees. You know, when you, in a swarm of bees or wasps and they're just all over, it's hard, you can't count them if you wanted to. It was like that. When I got to experience that, it was actually harder to hit the birds when it was that many. You would think it was like, oh, there's so many, but it, it just, you, you try to line up on one bird and another one cuts in front of it. It it actually, it's hard for your brain to focus. I was like, man, you, you get to the point where like you experience it now. I was like, I'd rather them just come in, you know, two and three at a time. Well, you know, that, for me that was a, a great experience and I got to experience it a couple times and you know, I love this verse because it says that all of those served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and the elders who I lived them, those who had personally experienced all that the Lord had done. You know, the same way I just use that that hunting story but you know, in the same way You've probably heard about things or maybe even now you're hearing. We maybe heard about the Lord and heard about how the, the 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 things how people had experienced God and you probably thought, man, I want that. I bet you that's cool, but you didn't understand the fullness of it till you come to know the Lord yourself. Would you say that? You know, Sunday, Pastor Todd said up here, he said, you know, we shouldn't just be celebrating the resurrection. He said, we need to experience the resurrection. Remember he said that Sunday morning? So he says that Sunday and then Monday morning when I wake up, I'm finishing up reading through Joshua again and I read this scripture and it just stirred me up. And so I just stirred me up and I started going in this direction and studying. So I just, I want to share this with you uh, this evening that You know, like the people of Israel, if we're going to continue to serve the Lord and serve him with passion, we must not only hear about him and learn about him. We must experience him. And I'll say this now. I know I have it in my notes at the end of the message, but that's the key. Even when I read it Monday, I didn't realize it. And I caught it when I read it again today as I was studying it said that they continued to serve the Lord because they personally experienced it. And it made me stop and think, and I'm going to just say this. You know, I wonder if some people that have gotten saved and, and have gone away from the Lord soon or at even at some point, maybe they never fully experienced God. You know, they might have got saved. They might have prayed a prayer. They might have came down. They might have started reading their Bible and even come in the church learning about God, hearing about God, but never fully experienced Him. And so I just want to talk about that tonight on on some of the ways the Lord wants us to experience him on a regular basis. And you maybe have never experienced the Lord. Maybe you have, but you desire more. So my question tonight, the title of this message is, what are you experiencing? And now I want you to go to Hebrews chapter six. If you can flip there quick or you're on your phone or your iPad, go to Hebrews chapter six. And I want to I want to I'm going to take most of the the main points from this uh, couple of verses of scripture. I want to look at Hebrews chapter 6, beginning in verse 4. I'm sure some of y'all would like to experience that AC right now, right? You'd want a greater uh, experience of cool air blowing on you. It's all good, all right, good deal. So Hebrews 6 and in verse 4 says this, For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven, And shared in the Holy Spirit who have tasted the goodness of the word and of God and the power, the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come and who then turn away from God. Even though he was addressing something very tragic here, he mentions three aspects of the Lord that we can experience on a regular basis. So we're going to look at those three and two other ones. And let me just give you a side note on this verse, because I know this verse is a very hard and a very harsh verse. And it means what it says. But some of you in here tonight, I know there's, uh, there's different theological trains of thoughts on, uh, can you lose your salvation? Uh, can, can you, you know, some people believe once saved, always saved. Some people believe you can, you can actually lose your salvation. You can do things to disqualify yourself from heaven. Let me just give you a side note. These people that he was talking about, because he did say that it's impossible to bring them back to repentance, those that, that that have turned away. But that's the key. Just as a side note, this actually has nothing to do with the message. But since I use this scripture as a context, it says those who have turned away from God. These are people that have consciously made a decision that, God, I don't want to have nothing to do with you anymore. It's not people that struggle with sin. It's not people that, man, I keep on, I've been struggling with the same sin for two weeks, two months, two years, or 20 years. And, but, but I'm really trying to, I just pray God deliver me. Just know that I, I, I don't believe, uh, that you can lose your salvation, but the Bible makes it clear you can forfeit it you can turn away. And that's what he was talking about. So I just want to make it clear. I know if you're younger in the Lord, sometimes I've even had people that have been saved a long time and wonder if they can lose their salvation, or if they can do anything so bad that it would offend the Lord. You got to know that that's why Jesus died for you. These people, this is again, just a side note. So you know, I just want to assure you, because I I, I always think of like, what questions you can be asking when I use the scripture. And if you want more clarity on this, feel free, you can come talk to me after. But just know that when he talks about it, it's impossible for people to come back to repentance. It's people that have consciously made a willing decision that I'm going to turn away from the Lord. God, I don't want to have nothing to do with you, and I'm just going to walk away and do my own thing. That's who he's talking about. Is that clear? Are we clear on that? Okay, so using that that, that scripture, because he talks about... They experience these three things. So let's look at those. And then, like I said, we're going to look at a couple others. First thing he says is they experience are shared in the Holy Spirit. Listen to what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. We, we talk about, we've done whole teachings and actually series, me and Pastor Kelly a couple of years ago did a whole series on the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So obviously there's a lot to unpack about experiencing him. But I, I, I want to just look at this. I, I always love to go to Jesus especially dealing with anything, but especially on who the Holy Spirit is. John fourteen sixteen, 16 in the Amplified says this, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that he may remain with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive welcomes uh, takes it to heart, because it does not see him or know or recognize him, but you know and recognize him, for he lives in you, Constantly, and will be with you. You can tell from the description that Jesus uses about the Holy Spirit that He is someone that He wants us to experience, not to just know about. Right? Jesus is making it clear. Hey, look, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and I'm. Let me let me unpack a little more of what Jesus was saying when He said the most accurate word from there is the word advocate. On four different occasions, when Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit the word that is translated in the greek is parakletos which means to call alongside or an advocate it actually had the meaning back then of like uh, an attorney someone that came alongside of you to help you to to get you out of maybe a legal bind that you were in Every task of the Spirit in John chapters 14 through 16 is a task that Jesus took on elsewhere in the Gospel of John. Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would come to encourage, instruct, and strengthen his disciples. In fact, the Spirit came to sustain Jesus' own presence among his disciples. That's me and you. He wants us to experience him through the Holy Spirit is what he's saying. You got to realize something. And I, I get it. I know people, I know we have a group of Ms. Colby and I know some other people in here. How many of y'all are going to Israel in a couple of weeks? Anybody else in here going? A couple of people going to Israel. Okay, I see a couple of hands in the back. I know, you know, no doubt, I, I would, I, I can't, I, it's on my bucket list. I was trying to get Ms. Colby's ticket in the spot, but she's not giving it up for some reason. I don't know. So um, I'd love to go to Israel one day. And yes, it would be amazing to have walked with Jesus, but you know everything that Jesus was to His disciples when he was walking on this earth, the Holy Spirit is to us today. So if you desire to experience what the disciples experienced over 2,000 years ago, the truth is you can, not in physical form, but through His spirit. Again, He wants us to experience the Spirit, not just hear about him or just learn about Him. We must experience Him. I'll give you an example. Before I got saved, and even, but even after I got saved, I thought praying in tongues was crazy. Even after I got saved, I came to church and people, you know, and, and, and would, would start praying in their heavenly language, praying in the spirit. And I still thought some of you in here were very weird. I did. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm being honest with you. Look, Dustin's shaking his head. You, you agree, right, Dustin? I thought you were weird. I thought you were kind of crazy before I got the gift of, of, of praying in tongues myself. Once I learned about the gift and once I learned, if you have any questions about that, I'll feel free to talk to you about that. I don't have time to get into that whole teaching, but we have teachings. You can go on our, our website, our podcast. We have teachings on that. Um, brother Francis uh, Martin, our founding pastor, matter of fact, he wrote a great book called The Spirit in You. That was the book that I read. My mom recommended it to me. I was studying. I was reading. And, and you know, I, I thought everybody was crazy and was weird until I experienced it myself when I experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I began to pray in other tongues, I realized that I was crazy too now. I was just like the rest of y'all, right? But I experience the power of God. I experience To this day, and I know we don't serve God by, by feelings, but I'm just so thankful that I can experience the Holy Spirit praying and helping me pray. Praying through me and helping me pray. That's what the Bible says. One of the ways he's a helper. The Bible says that he helps us to pray when we don't know what to pray, what to say. And that there's, I'm telling you, I can sense the power of God. If I pray in tongues for an extended amount of time, there's a, a feeling, a sensation that I sense that I don't feel any time other than when I'm praying in tongues. Again, I know we don't serve God by feelings, but I'm just telling you that's part of my experience whenever through by experience in the Holy Spirit. So let me ask you a couple questions. Have you been saved? Have you felt peace or comfort or joy, especially in troubled times? Have you felt God's presence? Have you ever heard the Lord speak to you? Well, the good news is if you answered yes to all or some of these, then you have experienced the Holy Spirit. Because let me say one more thing. Everything that God does on the earth today is through his spirit. God is in heaven on the throne and Jesus is at his right hand. So everything that God, when we say, man, I felt God's presence, that was the Holy Spirit. Man, God spoke to me. That was the Holy Spirit. Man, somebody got miraculously healed. That was the power of the Holy Spirit. So every time we experience anything that, that is, 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 uh, is from the, is, is God's will in accordance to the word of God and the kingdom of God, you are experiencing the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you. If you have, maybe have a little or have not, I, I I encourage you to desire that, to pray about that. Ask more questions. It's good to learn. Like for me, I had to learn about praying in tongues because again, I still thought it was a little weird. And, uh, but I remember my mom telling me, I never forget what she told me. I was like, yeah, but this and that. I was trying to figure it out. And she said, look, baby, it's a gift God has for you. Don't you want everything God has for you? And I was, I was hungry. I just got saved. I said, absolutely. And she said, well, this is a gift God has for you. So I studied some more. I read Brother Francis' little book. And then I was ready to go. So you might need to learn more and get more understanding. And that's great. But eventually, you need to experience him. The Holy Spirit is God, is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And that is the way, again, we commune with God. We talk about spending time with God and, and hearing from God and praying. We, that all, Every bit of communion and interaction you're going to have from now until heaven is going to be through the Holy Spirit. Amen? Number two, the goodness of the Word of God. I want, we, we need to experience the goodness of the Word of God. Now, again, I'm not just saying read the Word of God. I'm encouraging you to experience God's words and how we know that the word of God is good. We know the word of God is good because the author is good. Right? Right? We know that the word is good because the author is good. Look at 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong, teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. That phrase inspired by God literally means God breathe or breathe out of God's own speech. So when Timothy, said, or Paul tells Timothy that it's the word of God is inspired, it means that it was breathed. It was, it was literally God's words. Now, it doesn't negate the active involvement of human authors, but it does affirm that God is fully responsible for his word. So in other words, you know, you hear people say, well, man wrote the Bible. Yes, I don't argue that man physically wrote the Bible. But Paul makes it clear that God inspired the Bible. That it was from his mouth. It was He used other men to pen those words that we know as the Bible today. So if you know that, you know that, that the Lord is good. So the goodness of the word, first of all, let's go back to the origin, to God himself. You know, me and Pastor Brady have been talking about this for the last couple of days. And sometimes, maybe even you, some of you sitting here might get caught up and might have a hard time with some of the things that the Bible says and maybe because some of the things that are in the word of God, maybe in this is some of the promises, let's say, that God, you feel like God has promised in the Bible has not happened or did not come to pass. I'm not going to stand up here and, and, and act like I understand it all because I don't. I even know this. I was just reading Hebrews 11 again the other day and what we call the Hall of Faith with all the people of great faith. And when it gets to the end of that chapter, it talks about like Samson and David and all these people that conquered and walked through fire and, you know, you know, survived by, by, you know, death by the sword and all these wonderful things. But then the very next paragraph, it says, but some of them didn't. Some of them were killed, some of them were beheaded, some of them were this. And it even says that some of them didn't receive everything that God promised because he was waiting on us, talking about the fulfillment of Jesus. He was talking about Old Testament people. But he said they were counted as righteousness even though they didn't receive everything that God had promised. But yet the Bible still puts them in the hall of faith with everybody else that did receive the promises. What am I trying to say? We have to get to a point. We got to resolve in ourselves that no matter what, no matter what happens in life or doesn't happen, that God is still good. You got to resolve that in yourself. You got to resolve that no matter what, God's character is still good. And if you don't believe that, then you don't believe that the word is good. You believe that the word has error. You believe that the word contradicts itself. You believe all kind of crazy things. Things that I believed before, really, I didn't believe, I tell you all that. I remember one time my mom was witnessing to me, and and I said, well, you know mom, the Bible contradicts itself. And she said, oh, really? How does it do that? And I was like, I don't know, it just does, okay? Like, because I heard somebody say that. Like, I, I had no, like, legit, you know, backing for saying that. I just wasn't ready to, you know, accept the gospel. But you know, you gotta, you gotta have, and this is, goes back to experiencing the Lord himself, to experiencing that, I know that he is still good. People have all kind of questions, and, and why would God let this happen? Why would, I mean, there's so many different trains of thoughts, but, and, and there are theological answers for all of them, but you know, when you experience the goodness of God, you stop seeking as many answers. Because you experience God and his goodness. For example, the word of God being good. When we encourage y'all to read your Bible, it's not just to check it off as a good Christian thing to do. It's you're experiencing God. When you're praying, when you're struggling, when you're going through something. And, I mean, man, I'm telling you, you it, it blows my mind. Like, I'll give you an example. Like, I follow a reading plan. The ones we give out on on in January, and it's a twenty uh, not twenty one days. It's a, it's a one year Bible reading plan, and it, it says if you read three chapters a day and five on Sunday, then you can read through the whole Bible in a year. I've been following them for years. You gotta it doesn't tell you what to read. You just has little boxes you can check off, and I typically don't do that. I typically do kind of four a day, two in the O two in a New. Is I, I kind of like doing. Typically is what I do, and it's amazing how I can be going through something. I can be discouraged. I can be seeking an answer. And I'm not searching for anything in the Bible. I pick out my Bible reading. Sometimes I forget. I pick up my Bible reading plan in the morning. I'm like, okay, I'm in Joshua chapter 23 and then in like Mark chapter 2. And that's what I'm reading today. And I just start reading. And man, the Lord just speaks to me. And gives me something encourages me. And it blows my mind because it makes me think like before I was even born. This is the kind of stuff that I like. This is, I think, part of experiencing God. I think before I was even born, before I, you know, the Lord knew that like on this day in April in 2007, that I would be needing this word and that I would be in Joshua chapter 23. And he'd have the exact verse to encourage me that day. Because, you know, we serve an infinite God. He he's outside of time and space. He created time. Right. So that's another thing. don't get caught up like, man, if God be with me, God's already in next week. He's outside of time and space. So God saw what I would need through His word thousands of years ago, even before I was born. Is't that amazing to think about that? That's the kind of stuff like you know you can experience experience the Lord in that way, you know and and not only. Not only is 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 God Himself the 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 origin, the author of, of the word good, but the purpose of the word itself is good. Go back to 2 Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. It says it's useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize. What is wrong in our lives? It corrects us when we are wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. And I love this. And then God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. You see, leave that up there. We got to, in order, if we want to experience God by him working through us, the goodness of the word is that it's a manual. It's a battle plan. It's a training manual. Just like you get a new job, you might need to be trained or you need to read up on something. The Word of God, is it, it prepares us, and it prepares us spiritually, emotionally. You know, it, it gets us ready and equips us to do every your work. You must experience it. And I know some people that are more like my wife. She was just telling me, was it this week, that you can experience the Word when you start putting yourself. You ever, when you read the Word, do you ever, like, put yourself in the story or think about, like my wife just said, was it Achan that Achan had sinned? Um, you were just, Achan had sinned and his whole family got stoned. And my wife, especially being a mama, you know, she was like, oh, my gosh. And when I think of this story and she just I've never thought of it. She's like, I can just picture Aiken like around his family with his wife and kids and just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. As they're getting stoned. I'm like, oh, I never thought about it that way. But that was enough. But that's experiencing the word you you think like, man. And she got into like how his sin didn't only affect him, but affected his whole family. So that was the experience she had in that story. One just a gruesome old time. Why would God have this story and make them stone people? Well, you know what? There's there's stories, there's blessings in everything we do. Amen. And everything we read, I mean, in the Bible. Amen. So we must experience the goodness of God's word. It's getting a little bit hotter in here. I feel like I'm preaching like an old school church with all the fans and stuff, you know. Amen. All right, number three. We must experience god 's power we must experience his power in hebrews six five he talks about experiencing the power of the age to come, tasting the goodness of the Word of God and the power of the age to come. See the reason he wrote this to Hebrews is that see the Hebrews had witnessed signs and wonders when the gospel was being preached, they witnessed the signs and wonders people getting healed, miracles taking place, and so um, you know he was he was saying that that these people experienced this, and then they, they decided to turn away from the Lord so you know, I know personally I've I've got to see and I've even so honored that I've gotten to lay hands on people and, and, and pray for people. I've seen the power of God. I've seen people healed of tumors. I've seen people healed of cancer. We've been on the mission field and seen deaf ears open where a lady that couldn't hear tears start coming down because she said, I could hear now. I mean, a group of young people, some teenagers prayed for this lady and the Lord gave her a hearing. I've seen that. I've seen us lay hands on people here and they had, you know, I seen a brother here earlier. He must've walked out. He had a, he, he had a tumor on his, in his chest. And he said, he's in the medical field. He saw it. Me and pastor Nick laid hands on him, prayed for him. He came back and said, man, they say now it's just a fatty tissue. He said, dude, I saw it. I'm in the medical field. I saw a tumor. He said, God turned that thing into fatty tissue. I know what I saw. I'm like, man, that's awesome." And it's great to see and experience it maybe in, in somebody else's life. But have you experienced this power working in your own life? Not for somebody, but for you. That's the thing. You need to experience God's miraculous power personally. Look what Paul says in Philippians 3.10. He says, I want to know Christ, know him intimately. And look what he says, and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to know him personally, but he's like I also want to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. You know, a lot of y'all have heard my story, but it seems like every week I talk to people uh and and uh that, that are struggling with addiction with drug. Uh, drug addiction and alcoholism and and uh, I've gotten the, the privilege to be able to go down the road. There's a drug recovery center here in Scott and the last two months share my story and speak to people. and uh, Again, talking about the power of God, you know, let me say this, you know, we prayed and fasted all last week for souls to get saved. I went share with about 12, 15 people from all over the country that are at this rehab place and I shared my story. I shared a few scriptures and like five or six of them received Christ as their Lord and Savior. They got saved. Amen. There's power in you. Unity and prayer and fasting—that's a powerful thing when somebody gets saved. But you know, going back to my experience, in the first one of the very first things I experienced, ways I experienced God's power in my life was that I was a drug addict and alcoholic for a decade, and I tried to quit drinking, I tried to quit doing drugs on my own, and I never can do it. And when I walked the altar the hour that night and came down to this altar. And, you know, God began to do a supernatural work in my life. The only way I can explain how, uh, you know, a drug addict and alcoholic for 10 years becomes clean and sober and not checking into any rehab, any recovery centers, all those things are great. That's only by the power of God can explain it. Something supernaturally happened inside of me where God just set me free. He delivered, just as he said, Jesus said, who the son sets free is free indeed. So he tells us that he will set us free from bondages and strongholds and depression and illnesses and sicknesses. And he did it in my life. I was able to experience personally the Lord's power working in and through my life. And here I am 15 years clean and sober now. Praise the Lord. Amen. And I know a lot of you have as well. So again, we can read about God's power. We can read about the miraculous, you know, parting of the Red Sea and raising people from the dead and all of that. We see it in our own time. But have you experienced that power, the power to overcome addiction, to overcome struggles, uh, the power of maybe healing? Maybe you've gotten a healing in your body. Maybe you've been a part of somebody else getting healed or getting ministered to or or getting set free, you know, or leading somebody to Christ. Again, that's the most powerful thing that can happen is when someone gets born again, where the Lord can use you to talk to somebody to lead them into a saving relationship with Jesus where they spend eternity in heaven. We must experience God's power. Not just know it, not just say it, but understand that there's something supernatural going on inside of us you know, like somebody said, we're actually supernatural beings living in natural bodies. And so we gotta understand that that as Pastor Todd said, and I think I'm gonna read it a little bit, he said it Sunday, that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. So I don't know if we comprehend that. And we need to experience that and tap into the same power that can raise a dead man that had, had had been dead for three days. First Lazarus and then Jesus. He lives inside of us, Amen. We must experience the power of God. Number four, we must experience the grace of God. The grace of God. Second Corinthians eight one says this. Moreover, brothers, we want you to experience the grace of God bestowed on the churches of, of Macedonia. Notice that Paul wants this church that he was talking to the Corinth church to experience. Not he didn't say just know about it, or learn about it, but to experience the grace that other churches were experiencing. Now look in Second Corinthians eight two. It says they are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor, but they also are filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in great generosity. So how were they able to be filled with abundant joy and overflow in a rich, generous heart? How were they able to do that? Because they were experiencing the grace of God. Because they were experiencing. God's grace. God's grace is not just, again, I've said this many times, it is we're saved by faith through grace, but at the same time, uh, that, that's the grace he extends to us to be forgiven of our sins and whatnot. But again, a grace, experiencing grace is an empowerment to live, a life of a fruitful, a victorious life in the Lord. Look what it says in Philippians 4.23. It says, receive and experience the amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, deep, deep within yourselves. You know, there are many theological ways to explain grace, but the only way to fully understand it is to experience it deep, deep within you. Amen? That's the only way to explain An example is, you know, when you go through the toughest time in your life, and I see people in here tonight that, that have gone through stuff that I, I pray I never have to go through. But yet they're still sitting in church tonight. Yet God took them through. H- how did they go through such a tough time? How did they go through, you know, the, the, the unimaginable, having to deal with that kind of stuff and do it and still have peace and perseverance through it? It's that grace. They experienced the grace. That's the best way I can explain grace is that God gives you the grace to go through the most tragic things in life. And you can only know that when you go through them. Like, man, how I, some people say that I don't know how it happened, how I was able to do it, but it's God's grace. we got to experience that. And I, 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 I don't want you to have to go through tragedy to experience that, but the truth is we live in a fallen world and things happen. Hard things happen. We go through tough things, but God's grace is available. And in those times is when we truly experience that grace. Amen. And I'm going to wrap it up and. Number five, we must experience his perfect love. And I think this one was the one that came to light for me last year. Uh and when I when, when I heard what, what I'm gonna share with y'all in a bit. First John four eighteen says this Such love has no fear, because perfect love expels all fear. If we were afraid, if we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. Do you see that? It's not knowing about that perfect love that cast out all fear. What is it? It's experience it. It's fully experience it. Experiencing the perfect love of God. You know, I, I heard of a man of God that was going through great depression. He was having, this, listen to this, he was having up to 15 anxiety attacks a day. A day. And one day he ended up getting put like in a mental institution for like a month because his just his world was caving in. The the wheels were falling off, so to speak, in his life. And he was actually like a professor at a a theological seminary. And and he shared with one of his colleagues one day, said, man, I'm experiencing a lot of anxiety in my life. And his colleagues response. And this guy's, you know, he's he's a theologian. So, of course, he knows the Bible. He said, well, man, don't you know that God's perfect love? cast out all fear and he's he said, like, man of course I know that he said he was so frustrated he said his response was don't you know I want to guard your eyes out right now you know that was, that's really he's what he said his response was because of course he knew that but years later he said you know the, the the truth was is of course I knew that scripture but I wasn't experiencing God's perfect love so in the deepest darkest time of his life where he literally felt like he was going crazy. He was the pastor of a church. He had started, planted a church in California. He was a professor at a seminary. I mean, he was traveling, speaking. He had wrote, written books. and and But he thought he was literally going crazy because of all all kind of stuff, a culmination of all kind of things that happened from his childhood and out to his adulthood. Some of it he admits was his own fault. He was running a gun and burning the candle at both ends. But in that moment, through that process of such of such um uh, of depression of anxiety of 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 uh you know just just deep darkness he said in that moment is when he experienced god's perfect love like never before and sometimes it's in the deepest again and i i hate to, i'm not saying this to try to scare you a lot of y'all have been through it or maybe walking through it right now it's in those deepest darkest times you see a lot of times we ask god to take us out of those situations and in those situations is when god wants to show us his perfect love, wants us to experience it. Like we can hear about it. I can tell you about it tonight. You can hear Pastor Todd and all these great men of God. You can listen to podcasts. You can read books. You can read the Bible, all about God's love. But a lot of times in our regular life, we don't experience it. It's when it comes in those deep, dark valleys and moments of our life that we just sense God's love in our lives. And it can be in the little things, in the little things. Listen, it happened to me today. I was getting ready uh, to, to come up to the church this morning. And I was, I was listening to a song and just in that moment, and it was, it was, it was, it's an awesome song. But in that moment, just in a moment, I just like, man, I, I broke, like I just sensed, I experienced God's love. Something came over the, his, the, the presence of God. The, and I'm, I wasn't even like, I was really seeking after God. I'm just like, I'm like fixing my hair in the mirror, you know, kind of got some music on, and 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 this song just the Lord just ministered to me through it, and literally it brought me to my knees to where I just broke and started crying and and all it was was that I felt an overwhelming you know just outpouring of God's love upon my life. That's the only way I can explain it that I got to experience his love just earlier this afternoon, and it's like, man, you don't realize it until it happens like I so needed that. <laughs> I needed, I needed to experience the love of God today, right? We walk through life with so much heaviness and so much uh, uh, struggles and opposition and people not loving us and people hating us and, and all kind of stuff. We need to experience God's love. There are many ways to experience God's love, but the greatest way is through forgiveness and acceptance that he offers. Why don't you go ahead and stand up with me? As we close on the note of it. Experiencing God love, God's love, I know probably ninety percent of the people in here are familiar with this scripture, but this is the Bible in a nutshell. The Bible in a nutshell. John three sixteen and seventeen says, "For God so loved the world, or loved the world so much that He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him would not perish but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world not to judge, but to save the world through Him." Acts 2.38 says, Each of you must repent of your sins, turn to God, and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to show that you have received forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Listen, you might be in here tonight and I've talked about these aspects of not only knowing God or learning about God, but experiencing God. But maybe you've never experienced the Lord at all on any level. Maybe you've never experienced forgiveness and acceptance. Why don't you do me a favor? Why every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's just think about this and just ask the Lord right now that you'd begin to experience Him Again, it could happen like it happened to me, just in, 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 your, in your bathroom, over your sink, brushing your teeth or combing your hair, and you can experience God's love right where you're at. But if you say, you know what, Brandon? I've never experienced God. Man, maybe I, you've been coming to church for a while. Man, sadly, I, I was a youth pastor, and I, there was kids that grew up in church, and they they was honest and said they never felt God's presence. They never truly experienced them. They were serving their mom and dad's God. They were coming to church because they had to, but they never truly experienced them. So you might say, Brandon, I've, I've been coming to church, man. I read my Bible. I do that stuff, but I've never truly experienced God. I don't think I, I've, I've, I've never been forgiven. I've never asked God to forgive me of my sin. And I want him to accept me. I want to experience him tonight. If you say, Brandon, I've never truly experienced God the way you're talking about. Nobody's looking around. We're not going to embarrass you. I just wanted to start tonight. you say, that's, that's me, Brandon. I've never truly experienced God in that way, but I want to. Just lift up your hand. Let me see your hand tonight. Say, Brandon, I want to experience God in a new and fresh way. I see your hand back there. I see your hand over here. Anybody else? I see your hands right over here. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to experience God in a great way. In a fresh way. I want the Lord to forgive me and to accept me tonight. Come on, let's pray right now. Come on, we're all going to pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord, I know that I've, I've sinned against you. Lord, I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. Lord, I want to experience you tonight. I want to experience forgiveness. I want to experience salvation. Lord, I want to I I experience your your acceptance. Your unfailing love, Lord. Lord, show me how much you love me. Lord, pour out your spirit upon me tonight. Help me to see the goodness of your word. Help me to experience your grace. Lord Jesus, empower me with your grace that I can live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now before we go, I just want for everyone else in here and maybe you you've again you've been you know you've been a believer for a while. I just want to encourage you of what it says in Galatians three four Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? you know a lot of us in here have experienced the Lord in a great and mighty way, but let's not forget all the things we experienced from him, right because I know people that have served the Lord for years. And something happened in their life or something tragic or a series of little things happened. And it's like, they go away. They deny God. They say they don't believe in God anymore. And I know these people had true encounters with God. And, you know, in the context of that, you know, Paul was talking about they were trying to be spiritual by their works and following the law. But that can apply to all of us, right? We can forget All the experiences and everything we've experienced over the last few days, weeks, months, and years can be in vain. I want to encourage you not to forget and to continue to pursue, to to experience the Lord like never before. So you won't stop serving him, that you will serve him, that we will serve him. Would it's just an ongoing passion, amen? Come on, if that's you, just lift up your hands. Let me pray over you and say, I just want to continue experiencing the Lord and serve him even greater in a greater way. Maybe you, you desire to experience the Lord in one of all of these five ways. Maybe you never have or you want to in a greater way. His, his Holy Spirit, the goodness of his word, his, his perfect love, his, 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 uh, uh, his grace in a mighty way, his power, come on, just lift up your hands and say, Lord, I, I want to experience you in a greater and a mighty way. Lord, I pray that every single person in here would experience your power, your presence, Lord, your grace the goodness of your word. That Lord, those that are, that have not been baptized with the Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray you would fill them with your spirit, Lord God, in Jesus' name, that begin to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Empower them with your grace to go through the, the trials and the testings and the tragedy and the tough times of life. Lord, help us to experience you, experience your perfect love, experience the power of the resurrection. Lord, I pray that you would pour out your spirit and your blessing upon each and every person that we would all experience to you in a great and a mighty and a profound way tonight and every night, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.